Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, guys, we're going to do a quick podcast here for you. It's Tuesday morning, almost afternoon, uh, up in Ames. We're waiting on Matt Campbell's press availability for the Oklahoma game, which is coming up on Saturday. But there is a basketball game tonight in Hilton Coliseum as the Cyclones will tip off the season against Mississippi Valley State. Uh, prohibitively, maybe, or I guess maybe one of the worst teams in college basketball. Considered the consensus worst team in college basketball. Yeah, but Jared, you don't know that. You haven't seen them. Don't don't judge the Delta Devils before you see I, them in I, person. I think I did enough research on the Delta Devils to know that they're probably going to struggle, especially in the very first game of the season. They have like 12 new players. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think they have 16 guys on the roster. 12 of them are new. And like three of the new guys are walk-ons. So. It's a 37-point spread. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This is like, I think this is a pretty bad team. Yeah, they're really bad. What do you, uh, real quick though, th- we just want this to be a concise, like factual, uh, you know, podcast for Giving the people. Giving you the facts. <laughs> what, are you, what are you looking for tonight? And what are, I guess, what, what can we actually take from tonight? I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll tell you mine real quick. I just want to see Bolton play. Yeah. Just see him run up and down the court, see how he looks. And because I don't know, we've made so much on the whole, like, oh, I'm going to play big, play in the rotate. Like, these low major teams are so small in general. Right. Like, I don't know if it's going to matter. Well, and I think, yeah, I think that's a good point. And I think the other thing that I really want to see is do we see the assertive version of Tyrese Halberton that the Cyclones are going to need this season? For them to really, you know, as Steve Prohm would say, max out. You know, they, they need Tyrese to be more aggressive than he was last season. And he can't stay in that same little role that he was in. Even when he went into the, you know, into the, the FIBA World Cup thing this summer, where he was very much a, a background guy. You know, he was really good. Everybody, that was one of the big takeaways. It's like, man, this Halberton kid's really good. I saw that he was 19th on the athletics mock draft this morning. But he was still a role player. Yeah. You know, he was so good at playing his role yeah. that it made him look really good. Yeah. We need him to be the guy. He yeah. has to be the guy for the Cyclones. At least going into the season, that's the way it looks. Yeah. And unless you can see Bolton or Prentice Nixon yeah, be better know. than what we thought, like we think that they could be, maybe they could be the guy. I don't know. But it seems like it's got to be Tyrus Halberton. The one guy who um, I don't think has gotten enough play in the offseason, and maybe, maybe it's rightfully so, I just, when I watch Condit, last year yeah i watched him and i'd say man if this guy could start to develop more offense around the perimeter he looks like an nba guy to me like george condit does and again this is all based off of potential it's nothing Mm -hmm. that we've actually seen 
Um, I, but he, he, to me, is one of the more fascinating players on this basketball team. When I base it off of what do I think he is and what do I think he could eventually be. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think that, you know, he went through – he grew so fast as a high school kid. I think he went from being like 6'6 to being 6'11 between yeah. his junior and senior season. Which is insane. Which but. is pretty crazy. So he has not been a big, big guy for very long, you know. It's not like some big dudes who they get to be 6'11 when they're in sophomores in high school. By yeah. the time they get to college, they're pretty used to being huge, you know. I think George, it, it's taken him some time to really kind of grow into this, and it's like a puppy, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like what Dirks was when he was yeah, when no, he was a little puppy. Puppy, his feet were huge. Yeah, his front front paws were huge. He was always stumbling over his feet trying to figure out what he's doing. Yeah, you know, we need to see some more development from George in as far as his game. You know, what can he do more with his back to the basket? Can he be a guy that you can throw the ball to? on the block because we know that Mike Jacobson can be that guy. And if George can't be that guy, then it's going to have to be a spot where you leave Mike more there in the post where I think he's probably – he's been more successful in his college career. I know how you feel about Mike playing on the perimeter. No, it's fine. I just so, – I, and I think, too, on that, though, real quick, I wouldn't be surprised if he hit four threes tonight. Yeah. I just think it's vastly different playing against this team than when Kansas State's throwing dudes at you. See, and that's, and that's the thing is – if you're going to have George and Mike out there together, then you're going to have to have someone who's capable of hitting the shot from outside. But we know, and, and Mike can be a sh- – he can knock down shots. We've seen him knock down I know. some shots. Absolutely. And, but at the same time, if he comes out and he misses two, then there's a point where we're like, all right, Mike, it's time to go down low. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, okay, so then are, you can't have where it's Mike is on one block and George is on the other block. This isn't, you know. Throw Solomon in there. This Let's is, go. This isn't 1973. Like, we're going to just – everybody's going to be playing inside the three-point line, and we're all going to just try and get as close to the basket as we possibly can. We, it just can't play that way. So can Condit knock down shots from out there? Can he handle the ball a little bit and attack the basket? That's something we haven't seen from Jacobson. What can he do when he puts the ball on the floor and tries to drive by people? I want to see just continued growth from those guys as they kind of step into roles where they have to be marquee players. They can't just be role players. I'm anxious, too. Uh, The the thing that is intriguing about this game is I like these early games because you get to watch – like if you're watching really closely like we do and you you follow it on a day-to-day basis, it's a little bit like a soap opera where there's different storylines and you can continue to to build off of. But they don't have a lot of time to screw around. No. This Oregon State game on Saturday – I mean, I haven't really started doing too much prep. You've probably done more prep on the, the Beavers than I have. But, like, you got you got a road trip to a Pac-12 team in game two, yeah. which is pretty rare for Iowa State. Usually you have two or three of these low major games, and then you've got your holiday. But, man, like, it, it gets going pretty quick. So I'm anxious to see how Prome kind of treats the game tonight, too. Yeah. Does he treat it like another scrimmage? Or does he treat this thing like, okay, we're getting geared up for Saturday? I mean, realistically, I don't think he has the luxury to treat it like a scrimmage. I don't either. He, d- he doesn't have the bodies. Yeah. You know? And when you lose Luke Anderson and, and Mercedes Leach, at, at that point, you're in a position now where you've got 11 guys who are on scholarship and then your walk-ons. So basically your rotation will be the guys that play the whole game outside of a handful of minutes at the very end of the game. And – is that right? Wouldn't it be 11? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, like, you're in a position where these guys are going to have to play. And like you mentioned, like, you go from playing the team that consensus 
at right now, worst team in college basketball going into the year. They're not going to be a good team. This should be a game that Iowa State should win easily. Then you go in and you play a legitimate team that has a potential, I think, to be a bubble team going into I into think, March. I think Iowa State will be an underdog. Yeah, they on will. Saturday, they will. And Gil Gil Coliseum's a tough place to go and play. It's an old arena. It's one that usually it's small. It's usually got a quite a pretty good crowd that'll that'll file in there. Uh, and Tress Tinkle was a first team All Pac-12 player last year. The the coach's son. Yeah. And they've been to the NCAA tournament in the last couple of years. So it's not like this program isn't no. any good. They've got the potential to go and and put a scare into Iowa State, and the, like they've got to go into into Corvallis ready to play. I think that I I don't know, I, Iowa State could. That's a fifty fifty game. Yeah, for me, I think if a lot you of, win it, you got to feel good. Yeah, I, mean, I think a lot of fans are probably at. looking at that, and Iowa State's a better perennial program. But that one to me, like I, it probably sounds like I'm really down on Iowa State. Is not. I just I think this thing's going to take a while. Trust Tinkle has the potential to be a guy that you know, like they're. Ted Flint always makes the jokes about how there's the random dudes who pop up and get buckets on Iowa State. This dude is not a random dude, but he will seem like one just because he plays for an average team in the Pac-12. Yeah. But he's a first-team all-conference type player and has been a very good player for for four years or three years in Corvallis. So if he came out and got buckets on Saturday, it would not surprise me at all. That's a guy that is really going to put a, a test to some he? of the – I'm not 100% sure. He, I would imagine that his matchup will probably be Tyrese, though, That, from what I remember of it. Well, and the, the reason I asked is because we've heard so much about Prentice Nixon and the defense and all and that's, that. That's kind of what I'm thinking. He's not. He's a little big, I think, okay. for those guys. Yeah, and that's a that's a thing, too. It's like, I mean, I, can I, look it up. I, think, that Ty, I think that Prentice will play great defense tonight, but, like, it, it's just these these low major teams, man, like, it is – it's like a – I mean, there's a lot of NAIA schools that could probably beat. He's six seven. Six seven. Okay, so yeah, you're not going to want to put Prentice on him. That no. you're right. That'll be a Tyrese Halliburton matchup coming up on Saturday. Well, um, it'll be interesting. I always like the the hoop season opener. I think it's fun to finally see these guys out there and see the rotations and all that. And um, there's probably not going to be a lot to report after tonight, but I think there'll be quite a bit to analyze. Mm-hmm. You'll be at Hilton. Um, you'll have a observations column after the game, and I'm going to do a little. I'm going to watch the game at home on TV, and then do a kind of a reaction type podcast, just what I saw from the from the season opener as well. So everybody can stay tuned to that. You got anything else to add to this one? I do not. Cool. Well, later on is a busy week. Um, went Thursday night women's basketball season opener. Connor will cover that. Um, Rob is actually going to Norman, mm-hmm. so he'll be on the way, I want to say, on Friday. Yeah, he's leaving early Friday morning. Friday morning, okay. Yeah. Um, Saturday is insane. We have our game watch with Wide Right and Natty Light. Um, you, you said on – you told me on Thursday that they'll have the basketball game too? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I wanted to make sure that – They I assured me right that they that. are doing everything they can to get it there. Okay. And – I don't know, so I'm taking their I'm taking their word for it. I hope so. Unless we uh, hear anything differently, and then um, men's basketball at three thirty, football at seven, women's basketball at Drake on Sunday, which is a huge game for that program, and then wrestling has its um, Harold Nichols open on Sunday as well. So we're kind of in that nutty 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 time of year. The next few weeks will be like that, but. 
We embrace it. He's Jared Stansbury. I'm Chris Williams. Enjoy the game tonight. Uh, We'll have plenty of coverage for you here on Cyclone Fanatic and the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network.